0: Welcome back in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. You can find all of my work over at MileHighSports.com, where we have tons and tons of Nuggets content. There are going to be podcasts, and be one-on-one interviews, lots of post-game articles, five takeaway pieces after every game. Dev will have a bunch of good, bad, and uglies, and all kinds of other content. Um, this podcast today, though, is going to be on the Nuggets 104-98 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, and really every storyline that went into this game overall the Nuggets actually played pretty well in the first half but again it was the fact that they just failed to execute in the second half specifically the third quarter that really made things difficult for the Nuggets to close it out against the Bucks in addition to their second half struggles we'll talk about how Giannis and Eric Bledsoe just absolutely scorched the Nuggets by getting into the paint at will Um, we'll talk about how Jamal Murray is still looking for a rhythm he had a better game than he has had in recent times but he still just doesn't look like he has really found his niche within this Nuggets offense and that he may be pressing a little bit Michael Malone even alluded to the fact that Jamal is probably in his head a little bit too much at this point and we'll talk about Jamal Murray's struggles um I definitely want to get into Gary Harris's struggles quite a bit as well um Harris has not been the same player this year and I think I know why And it has to do with his evolving role offensively within this Nuggets team. But he really had one of his worst games he's had in a long time, going 6-16 of from the field. And his defense was just much less than advertised in this game. And we'll get into that a lot more as well. And the other couple things I want to get to are going to be Jokic having an off night just as an efficient scorer. And the fact that Monte Morris just continues to make winning play after winning play. The last thing we'll get to in this podcast is we'll take some questions from listeners as well, Um, I'm going to start opening up my Twitter feed to basically bring in a lot more questions from people for each podcast, Um, we'll see how often it happens, we'll see if I'll do it every podcast or just certain podcasts, but I definitely want to start involving the fans and what they're looking for more and more in this podcast, so I'll definitely make sure to hit all of those questions as well, you guys had a a few different great questions and a lot of ones that I think are going to be a very interesting conversation to have, Before we do get into everything that has to do with this Nuggets game, um, let me give you a quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, I just wanted to remind everybody that we are presented by Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all of the brands that you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves at having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one on one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come into one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Alright, let's dive into everything from the Nuggets 104-98 to loss to the Bucks. The first thing I want to talk about is Jamal Murray as he continually looks for a rhythm within this Nuggets offense and defense. So, by his stat line, he had a pretty solid game. 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists as he contended for a triple-double for most of the night. But really, his stat line does not show the struggles that he really went through. I mean... He he had three really bad turnovers, in the in se- or four really bad turnovers in the second half that directly led to the Nuggets uh, losing their momentum and their grasp on the game. He still looks like he's pressing it. He's in his own head. He's turning down open jumpers to take contested mid-range shots. He's leaving his feet when he gets into the paint, not sure if he's going to shoot or going to pass. And he just looks like he's really kind of overthinking himself through this game. And I'm really not sure what it is, but... Jamal Murray just continues to play almost as a separate entity from the rest of the Nuggets offensive unit Um, He needs to find a way to get back on track and we've talked I've talked about this a lot before on this podcast but I think the way to really be able to do that is to Play Jamal Murray with the bench unit more often I understand that Malone does not want to change the starting lineup because taking Jamal Murray out of the starting lineup is just going to cripple his confidence, especially considering where he is as a player right now mentally. So what I would like to see though is Monte Morris come in, play with the starters a little bit more early in the game, and then bring Jamal Murray in later in the first quarter after he starts to be able to allow him to act as the initiator and the focal point of the Nuggets bench unit offensively. Um, The other thing that I think would really help Jamal Murray is if somehow the Nuggets were able to get a little bit more creation value from the rest of their team Um, Gary Harris has stepped up in this way but he hasn't been great in doing so and what has happened is the Nuggets are looking for ball handling duties from both Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and they're just not really getting it so what ends up happening is Jamal Murray doesn't quite know if he is going to be an initiator if he's going to be a guy who is really trying to run a floor general type of point guard play or if he should be off the ball and it just looks like he's kind of caught in the middle. This is when something that I actually wrote about in my five takeaways from the Nuggets going one and six in their last seven games that are up on Mile last Sports right now is that the Nuggets just need Will Barton back. Jamal Murray is so much better when there is a when there is another player who is a competent um, initiator with the ball in their hands like Will Barton is because it allows him to go more more to his off-ball role. The same can be said for Gary Harris, which I'll get into a little bit more in this podcast later on, but allowing these guys to really play within... Their own skill set as opposed to trying to fill into roles that they don't currently fit would do a big benefit for this Nuggets offense to get them back on track. And Will Barton really is the guy who would fix a lot of these issues that the Nuggets are currently going through. Still though, it's was good. it been really good to see Jamal Murray finding different ways to impact the game even if he can't really find his niche as a scorer or where he should be as an offensive player. He's averaging something like 5.6 assists over the last seven games. So even though he hasn't been scoring well, he has upped his ability to be a playmaker. But even though he is getting more assists and the vision has been better... The thing that still is maddening is that he struggles when it comes to dealing with on-ball pressure, and he can't always get the ball where he wants it to go. The only time he's really able to play make is when he's already getting into the rim, whether it's off a dribble handoff or something like that. If he has to create offense individually and he has to break down a defense on his own, he still struggles in that way. So I think more and more that we see of Jamal Murray, the more and more we that like it's becoming known that he just can't be on the ball as much as he has been. He is so much better as a secondary or tertiary creator than he is as the de facto playmaker as a point guard, and at some point the Nuggets are going to have to address that issue, hopefully sooner rather than later, and hopefully when Will Barton comes back, we're going to see that those roles become a lot more seamless because right now it's really been a struggle for the Nuggets and for Jamal Murray to kind of become a symbiotic relationship as with Jamal Murray as the de facto point guard of this team. Talking about Jamal, Murray, Jamal Murray's struggles also falls perfectly into Gary Harris's struggles as well because I think their issues are really one and the same. Uh, first of all, Gary Harris finished against the Bucks with 14 points with 6 assists, but he was he only shot 6 of 16 from the field and 2 of 6 from 3. He overall has been struggling and slumping quite a bit, and I think it's for a very similar reason that Jamal Murray has been struggling to find his rhythm as well. Both Jamal Murray and Gary Harris have been asked to play with the ball in their hands more than they have for almost their entire career. And with Gary Harris, it's a strange phenomenon because I think him playing with the ball in his hands, while it does give him the ability to continue to grow as an NBA player and it adds a different dimension to his game, I think so far through the Nuggets' first 17 games of the season, it has overall hurt this Nuggets team. What makes Gary Harris such an impactful player, especially alongside Nikola Jokic, is the fact that he can create open looks without the ball in his hands. Whether he's running off of screens in spot-up situations, whether he's cutting off ball or whatever it is, relocating to open spots on the floor or just setting screens and popping out and you know being a little more creative off the ball, that's what made him so great. He literally created open open shots without ever having the ball in his hands. Now, the Nuggets are asking him to play with the ball in his hands more seemingly because will barton is hurt right now and what it's done is it's taken gary harris out of what makes him great so now all of a sudden gary harris is a much less efficient scorer than he has been he's not getting nearly as many open three-point looks and it's just taken him out of his game and i mean when you go back and watch this this game Gary Harris was really trying to be the catalyst in that second half and he ended up shooting just 2 of 10 in the second half. Overall, for the entire game, Gary was just 4 of 10 shooting inside the 3 point arc and again was only 2 of 6 from beyond the 3 point arc. What makes him great has really just kind of disappeared in this first 17 games, and I think it also leads directly into why Nikola Jokic hasn't looked as great either, is that the Nuggets have taken the ball out of Nikola Jokic's hands as the initiator, and it seems like they have put it in the hands of Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, which does not... You know, which is not advantageous for either party. Gary Harris is best as an off-ball scorer, Uh, Jamal Murray is best as an off-ball scorer, and Nikola Jokic is best when the ball is in his hands. While you do need to have some semblance of guard play that can initiate an offense, it seems like the Nuggets have gone too far away from that and have kind of overcorrected the problem by asking Gary and Jamal to play with the ball in their hands so much. And now what's kind of happened is neither of them know exactly what their role is. Each of them is trying to play off of each other, but is trying to play on the ball, but is trying to get Nikola Jokic's touches and trying to get Paul Millsap's touches. And it's really just bogged down this offensive system for some reason. I mean, in my opinion, the Nuggets, again, like I said before, Will Barton is going to alleviate basically all of these issues just from his skill set alone. But the Nuggets just need to get Gary Harris and Jamal Murray playing off the ball more so than they have. It isn't working. It's taking everybody out of their rhythm, and I'm just not quite sure what the thought process is behind that. Again, I get that people want, uh, you know, They want Gary Harris to take a leap with the ball in his hands. They want Jamal Murray to show that he can be a point guard when he's on the floor and not just a scoring guard. But at this point, it's really been at the cost of kind of bogging down this offense, and I would really like to see the Nuggets get away from that and try and get them both playing off-ball more so than they currently are, because right now, Gary Harris is shooting his worst numbers from the field and from three-point distance that he has since his rookie year in which he was terrible. So, And the other weird thing about Gary Harris, too, was that his defense was really rough against the Bucks. I mean, Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brogdon were getting by him at will, it seemed like, and that is so uncharacteristic for Gary Harris. So I don't know what it is, but Gary needs to find a way to break out of this slump, and the first thing I would do to do that is to get him off the ball more and try and get the ball in Jokic's hands more often to allow Gary Harris to play off the ball. That's when he is at his best, and that is when the Nuggets are at their best. Well, we've talked about both members of the backcourt, so it's time to get into the Nuggets' most important player, which is Nikola Jokic. Against the Bucs, you could tell from the get-go that Nikola Jokic, was just, his shot was not there. I mean, in the very beginning of the first quarter, Nikola Jokic had this very easy four-foot floater that is normally a shot that he makes 85% of the time that clanged off the iron, and then he missed a layup on an offensive rebound directly after it when he was right under the rim. It, it, it's weird to see Nikola Jokic miss gimmies like that, and I remember thinking to myself in that first quarter, uh-oh, this is one of those games where Nikola Jokic is shot. Just isn't there, and that ended up playing out. He finished with a very strong stat line of 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists. But Nikola Jokic was 8 of 18 shooting from the field and was 3 of 8 from 3. Eight threes in a game from Nikola Jokic is never really a good thing in my opinion because it means that he is playing that far away from the rim. Will Barton said it best, and it's that when Nikola Jokic is at his best, it is when he is facing the rim and a threat to score, and in my opinion, at the high post. When Nikola Jokic is trying to stretch the floor out so far that he's taking eight threes, which is a season high in three-point takes this year for him, That tells me that they're not able to get anything going at the rim, so he's trying to create more space by separating himself out there and trying to hit threes. Unfortunately, that just didn't work, and he did have a couple highlight reel passes, but it just wasn't to the same effect that they normally are. And also, when Nikola Jokic gets that far away from the rim his rebounding ability goes away. Jokic very rarely is only has a 5 rebound game. He only had 2 defensive rebounds against the Bucks and I don't know if Giannis's length was something that bothered him or what it was, but Nikola Jokic just it seemed like he was not there from the get. And that was a strange thing to see. With that being said though, it does look like Nikola Jokic is getting back to the the joyful entity that he once was of, you know, the past couple of years. This To start these first 17 games of the season, there hasn't been a whole lot of joy in the Nuggets' offense, and it seems like that is starting to return, you know, more and more incrementally. And this game was another, you know said of that I mean he was hit. like he hit Jamal Murray with a pinpoint bounce pass off a cut off a DHO and there's things like that where you see it coming back but it's not quite there uh, Nick Kosmider of the Athletic was reporting after the Nuggets game against the Bucks that the team feels like they're turning a corner and that they're getting back to that team and it seems like at least from watching the game that he is right and that that is exactly what it seems like But that needs to happen fast, because the Nuggets are at their best when they're playing free and they're playing excited, and right now they're just not quite there. So hopefully Nikola Jokic is getting back to the player he was, but he needs to be more efficient, because that is one of the things that makes Nikola Jokic great, is his super efficiency as a scorer, also going with his playmaking ability. Still though, overall, a very solid game from Nikola. Uh, The one thing that I really really took issue with in this game was that when the offense was getting out of hand the second half. Nikola didn't kind of reclaim the offense for himself, and I really think he needs to do more of that. It's going to be tough because that is not who Nikola Jokic is as a player. He's not an assertive, confrontational guy who is, you know, taking control of the offense himself whenever the Nuggets need him to, but flat out, the Nuggets need him to. The second half, which I'll get to a lot more later on in this podcast, I want to hit on a lot, was that the Nuggets offense just started sputtering in a very, very bad way. They were taking very quick, you know, not, you know, ill advised, shots early in the shot clock and it seems like they were just settling and Nikola Jokic during that stretch became basically just a screen setter and a guy who was moving the ball around the floor The Nuggets need Jokic to be the dynamic facilitator from the high post who can score from all three levels for them to be at their best. Jokic just operating as a screen setter who just continually moves the ball does a disservice to everybody on that Nuggets team. And when things get out of whack, Nikola Jokic needs to take control of that offense and completely stop it from falling apart because he's the only one who can do it. He is the offense. He is the Nuggets scheme. And for them to be at their best, they need Nikola Jokic to take ownership of that offensive group, and so far he just hasn't. On the other end of the spectrum, though, on the rewatch of this, I would go out and say that Nikola Jokic was arguably, actually, I wouldn't even say arguably. I would say Nikola Jokic was the best defender on the floor for the Nuggets all night. He was flying around making, you know, multiple effort by multiple effort kind of plays over and over again. And that was great to see. I think that it's, you know, what's pretty much assured now that Nikola Jokic has bought in to the defensive end of the floor in a way that very few people expected him to do. But he is. I mean, he is fully bought in defensively. He's flying around. He's playing in the stands. He's contesting shots. And not only that, he's starting to think through the game defensively now. He's no longer just kind of a sitting duck. He's now seeing the game two, three steps ahead, not just offensively, but but on defense as well. And that might be the biggest revelation in his game so far this season. My next big observation from this game is that the Nuggets just continually fall apart in the second half of the game, especially the third quarter. So in the third and fourth quarter, the Nuggets only scored 21 points apiece, or 42 total points in the second half. They shot just 36.4% from the field and were 30% from three. It, it, the offense just fell apart. I mean, they were settling for bad shots. They weren't moving the ball looking for great shots. They were turning the ball over too much. And Jokic just wasn't involved enough enough to really get the Nuggets over the hump, it's it's strange to see the Nuggets' offense fall apart in this way. Because as long as they just keep moving the ball and they keep to pl- and they keep playing around Nikola Jokic, odds are they're going to at least generate a high percentage shot. But instead of doing that, it seemed like every time a guy had even a slightest glimpse of daylight, they were taking the shot. Whether it was Jamal Murray or Gary Harris or Paul Millsap or really anybody that's on the floor, even Wancho, the Nuggets just didn't really get their offense together and they did not run a full possession worth of sets to get open looks I I don't know if it's frustration which is what I do kind of think it is or what is going on but the Nuggets were just trigger happy and just trying to get trying to like force something to get going and it wasn't working for them over and over again they kept trying to force the action and it just didn't work when the Nuggets are at their best when they're just playing fluidly and adapting to whatever the defense does That's what makes the Nuggets offense great is that they're able to have so many talented offensive players revolving around Nikola Jokic, that there's always somebody who's going to get open, but if the Nuggets are going to have quick trigger you know, jump shots early on the shot clock, they don't give their offense the opportunity to get to that point, to really be able to start punishing teams. And then the other thing is, defensively, man, the Nuggets were just getting skinned alive. In the second half alone, Eric Bledsoe had 15 points, 3 assists, and 2 steals, and was seemingly getting into the paint whenever he wanted to, whether it was Jamal Murray or Monta Morris or Gary Harris or Malik Beasley defending him there was just nothing they could do I mean Giannis is Giannis you can understand him getting the 17 points 10 rebounds and two steals in the second half he gets but even then Giannis was eating Paul Millsap alive inside Denver was getting blown by over and over again and that is Michael Malone's biggest pet peeve so far this season is the fact that Denver continually gets blown by So it was very strange to see the Nuggets just really fall apart in the second half yet again. This is, I mean, most of their losses this season have come, you know, in very, very close games. And if the Nuggets could just execute in the second half, they would have a significantly better record than they currently have. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops over the rest of the season. But right now, the Nuggets have not been able to execute late in games when they need to. This podcast has been probably, what, 90% things that are going wrong with the Nuggets, but I do want to hit one thing that has been going very well for the Nuggets, and that has been Monte Morris. I mean, again, the dude just continually finds ways to help this Nuggets team. He scored 10 points, had four had four assists, only one turnover against the Bucks, and he just keeps and keeps and keeps making winning play after winning play. There's not enough good things to say about Monte Morris at this point, and all I'm saying is that there has to be some spot in the rotation for him, regardless of if the Nuggets are completely healthy or not. He has been too helpful, and he has been too important to this Nuggets team from start to finish this season to take him out of the rotation, whether Isaiah Thomas is healthy or not. He has been that good, and Michael Malone needs to find him minutes. I mean, he's shooting 38% from three about. He's almost leading the league in assist to turnover ratio. He is a big part of the reason that the Nuggets bench unit has been such a high functioning unit. He's a big reason for the Nuggets starters getting back on track when he checks in with the starters. I mean, if you look at his numbers with the Nuggets starting unit, they basically blot out the sun they're so good defensively. So Monte Morris, just, he deserves all of the shoutouts, all the positivity he can be given because he has been easily one of the Nuggets' most important players through the first 17 games of the season. He has been phenomenal top to bottom, and for a guy who is basically a rookie this year, he's playing like a 10-year vet, and it's been fantastic for the Nuggets that is basically everything that has to do with the Nuggets lost to the Bucks. Um, Before we get into Twitter questions from the listeners, let me give you one more quick word from Terrapin Care Station, because they're doing a ton of really cool, different kinds of deals and things like that. So for the dates of November 23rd through the 25th, they're doing two packs of Terrapins for $30, $5 cones, 25% off all Double Bear Live Resin, And then on Friday only, they're doing $59 ounces that you can get and go that are just shake, I believe. Um, Saturday and Sunday, they'll be doing $69 ounces. And then all weekend, they're going to be doing $85 mix and match ounces. Again, Terrapin Care Station supports this show and they've been nothing but great. They're always good to their different people. So definitely make sure to go into one of their locations all around the Denver metro area and let them know that Mile High Sports sent you because they're the best and they're always doing great work and they deserve your service. Now let's get into these Twitter questions because there's quite a few good ones. I picked five of the Twitter questions that came through and we'll kind of just go one by one. Um, The first one that I wanted to get out of the way is a quick roundup on the Nuggets injured players and where they are in their rehab processes from Eric on Twitter. Um, so the first one is going to be Will Barton. Uh, from what I have been told, Will Barton is on schedule. He will be reevaluated in about two weeks. Um, then they'll then they'll be able to see better about where he is in terms of his rehab and how much longer he could be out. I'm still expecting Will Barton to not return till around Christmas time, but that is still up for debate, and we'll see after his evaluation where he is at. Um, when it comes to Isaiah Thomas, he is on the court, finally getting shots up again. Um, He's been rehabbing and strengthening that hip, but there is no timetable on his return. Adrian Wojnarowski has said that it could be sometime in December. That is what I have been told as well. But the one thing when it comes to him, when it comes to Isaiah in particular, is that he is not going to come back early. He has lost enough millions of dollars for coming back early already, so I do not anticipate him coming back until he is completely healthy. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been shooting as well. He's probably the third closest to returning. But even then, that's a complete speculatory statement at this point. And even if he does get healthy, let's just even say that by the time January or February or March comes around and he's healthy enough to play, there just isn't really going to be a spot in the rotation for him at this point. So if I'm put, if I'm going to be a betting man and I'm going to put money down on this, I would say that Michael Porter Jr. is not going to play for the entire season. But that is still to be uh, to be determined. So we'll see where he gets. And the same as as can be said for Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I haven't even seen Jared Vanderbilt really even getting shots up. So it seems like Jared Vanderbilt is also going to be on the outside looking in for the rest of the season. But there still is not a timetable for him. Um, Drashkos on Twitter asked who is the most pleasant surprise on the Nuggets and there's really only one answer in my opinion for this one and that is absolutely Monte Morris Monte has been awesome start to finish this year I mean he's probably been the Nuggets third or fourth best player throughout the season he's been great on defense he's been a great floor general type of point guard he's not turning the ball over you can't say enough good things about Monte Morris and it's just incredible to see him come in and run an offense the way that he has considering that this is basically his rookie season so again just not enough great things to say about monte morris uh so these two questions are kind of intertwined um adam williams on twitter asked if there's any way the nuggets make a move and then paletti on twitter asked will denver get involved in the Wiz- in the wizards dismantling so i'm going to answer these together because i don't think the nuggets are looking they're not you know they're not out there searching for a trade necessarily but Man, it's really hard for me not to look at Bradley Beal on the Wizards and be like... Man, if the Nuggets could trade Jamal Murray, Mason Plumlee, and a pick to get him, I would have to at least entertain that. Bradley Beal is already an All-Star caliber player, and a backcourt of Bradley Beal and um, Gary Harris together—that's a defensively strong backcourt. There's enough size there. There's a lot of athleticism there, and there's you know you don't gotta talk about the shooting because they have they would be a lethal shooting backcourt. So I would be interested in seeing the Nuggets at least look into Bradley Beal. Um, I do not see Otto. Auto- Porter being a great fit because his contract goes for so long and it costs so much. And same with John Wall. I don't think that John Wall is a fit in Denver either. But Bradley Beal, that's a very enticing thing for the Nuggets to look into without a doubt. Um, the last question we're going to get to and one that I think is interesting is from Jeff on Twitter. Is How long can this go until the organization puts pressure on Malone? This really, for me comes down to how you um, define pressure and i'm guessing from the fan's perspective is will malone get fired and how much longer this can go before the front office starts getting you know starts having his seat get a little bit warmer i do not see michael malone being on the hot seat at all this year or even next year he has a two year contract extension now and the cronkies who do not like spending money for no reason would probably not be happy to pay out you know two or three years of a contract for Michael Malone just to have him go away so I do not think Michael Malone is going to get 10 tons of pressure in that regard I could see the front office putting some pressure on him to maybe play different lineups or try and get guys going in different ways but even then I'm not even sure what they would be at this point the Nuggets just need Nikola Jokic to take ownership of his team more and they need to find a way to execute down the stretch those are really the only two big big things that are plaguing them at this time Thank you guys for sending in your questions. I really appreciate everybody listening. This is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Make sure to go on iTunes to subscribe to this podcast, leave a review so I can get some feedback, and also leave um, some comments and things like that so I can tell what you guys like and do not like with this podcast. Overall, though, I've had so much time, no, so much fun doing it. I really appreciate everybody listening. Um, we'll be back with another podcast after the Nuggets take on the Minnesota Timberwolves on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday night they'll be playing them and we'll have another podcast after that but until then thank you so much for listening um, if you're interested in advertising with this podcast please reach out to me at my email which is tmcbride3793 at gmail it is also in the bio of my twitter page which is at McBride nba make sure you go check out all the content on mile high sports and go check out terrapin care station who is the sponsor of the show i hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon